Win, lose, no matter. You make good fight and respect. Then nobody bother. Hell, they'll bury me where I fall. <laughs> Either way, problem solved. Welcome to Karate Kid Minute, a podcast where we discuss the original 1984 classic, The Karate Kid, one wacko minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us for one more time this week from Escape from New York Minute and Flash Gordon Minute is Eric. Welcome back. Thank you. Excited to be closing out the week. Heck yeah. Uh, so did you usually do the uh, five minute a week uh, podcasts? Oh, no you... way. We were both of mine were three minutes a week. <laughs> Uh, the people I the people that do five a week are really impressive. Uh, <laughs> I've guested on a couple of five minute a week ones, yeah. and so that's just doing you know one recording session. I'm exhausted <sighs> by the end of it. So the it's... the ones that that are hosting the five a week, the I I tip my cap to them. I could not do more than three a week. I did it for Friday Night Minute, and it was it was like I felt like I was you know hallucinating by. The <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about recording for two and a half hours. Yeah, and... it's like I, I, whenever the the few times I've guested by the fifth episode, I'm like, I know I'm not bringing my A game anymore. I'm just like, I'm just tired of talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, speaking of uh, tired of talking, we're gonna try to present to you a show today. Before <laughs> uh, the Karate Kid, it begins with a new location and ends with a bandana handoff. Um. I was trying really hard not to say banana handoff because that would have, <laughs> and I pulled it off and now I'm making a joke about, okay, I should have just left it on. What's a banana hand? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got appeal. Anyway, uh, so, uh, the, so we're back with the truck, Daniel and Miyagi in the truck and, uh, they cross the tracks and pull into a fenced in dirt yard and we see a nice little house in the back. We see four cars parked on the left, uh, some big bushes. I wasn't sure what kind of bushes those were, but they look just, I don't know, exotic? <laughs> I don't know, just different. Um, and we also see a rowboat turned over on some sawhorses. So we'll, we'll see those late, see that later. Um, so I put my HD copy uh, for Karate Kid for, for this this shot, this crane shot, no pun intended. Um, and uh, I see that there's a couple of like movie posters, like doubled on the outside of his fence. And I tried my best to zoom in, but they look, they just look like random Western posters. And I think one of them says cowboy tough. And I, <laughs> I looked that up and there's doesn't seem to be a movie called cowboy tough. So I don't know if they're just fake movie posters and what do they mean by movie posters being there? Like, this is not like a... Do you do you see Miyagi as a Western fan? <sighs> no. <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess there's a lot of parallels between Westerns and, like, samurai movies a lot. Yeah, yeah. But it's still... uh, again, it's just like it's on the outside of the fence. I almost think that it, this is like... Those are, like, posted posters you know, for promotion, but why there? <laughs> you know, it's not like they're Miyagi's posters and he's put them on the outside of his fence. For, I just think they were probably there before. Maybe, maybe this, they're implying that this used to be a drive-in lot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm. All right. So, uh, all you gearheads out there, I'm going to tell you all about the cars, uh, that are lined up, not all about them, but their names. 
and uh, yeah. feel free to feel free to email us if uh, we get any wrong. You guys, uh, I don't know if, how much if you're gearheads at all. <laughs> Uh, can you tell us what the any of those cars are can you name any no if it's a car before the 70s i don't know it (laughs) i don't know i I don't know cars at all i'll just throw out a guess is one of them a studebaker (laughs) nope uh okay the green the green one maybe you're talking about it is a a woody wagon um but it's a pontiac Hmm. a pontiac woody wagon yeah woody wagon what (laughs) (laughs) again the gearheads will tell you what a woody wagon is but i think it's like i don't know it's kind of bulky and it's got some wood paneling maybe Uh, i'm not sure um and uh yeah i actually work in an automotive magazine but i don't actually know anything about cars which is (laughs) i just do the it part (laughs) um but okay so yeah starting from the left right up front there in the blue and white is the 1959 Nash Metropolitan 1500 hardtop coupe. It's a very, very small car. And then we have that, we have the Woody. And then the black one is a 1951 Cadillac sedan. And then uh, the one we've got our, we all got our eyes on is the yellow one, the 1947 Ford Super Deluxe Convertible. And uh, as legend goes, it that car is obviously will be a big part of Daniel's life, and uh, then is handed off to Ralph Macchio at the end of this movie. Oh, and, nice! Yeah, you didn't know that? I don't think I knew that. They huh. actually gave him that car. Yeah, doesn't it show up in Cobra Kai? I believe it does. Yeah. Did Ralph Macchio bring it? I mean, he always brings it. Brings it, you know. <laughs> Are you talking like acting, karate skills? No, uh, the vehicle. <laughs> oh, the vehicle. I just assume when it does show up on in Cobra Kai uh, that uh, that it was the same vehicle. Again, now I'm like like kicking myself for not rewatching Cobra Kai recently because now I'm doubting <laughs> whether I saw it or not. But I think then it I think vandalized, doesn't it? Hmm. Like. When the dojo gets cr- gets trashed, I think they write oh, yeah. I never dies along the side of it. Oh yeah, so maybe it is a replica or something, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, as we are um, entering Miyagi's world here, we get a bit of that Zamfir, uh, the pan the pan flautist, <laughs> and uh, Bill Conte, uh, the composer, working together. Um, and this this track is called "On to Miyagi's," so, uh, so yeah, it's funny. It's always like it's rock music or pop music if we're doing teenage stuff, but if it's Miyagi and learning, it's always the the Zemfir. So, <laughs> and, uh, I bet Miyagi doesn't even listen to that stuff. He probably listens to country music, judging by his <laughs> movie taste. There you go. There's this whole other side of Miyagi that. They're not showing us. Uh, so uh, Daniel says as they pull in, this place reminds me of Newark. <laughs> and I wonder if it's everywhere. I don't know why. I, I mean, Newark is a is a city. Yeah. Um, this is I've driven through Newark. It doesn't remind me of Newark. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they showed some. Uh, exterior shots of Newark at the beginning of the movie, and there was a lot of uh, 
like factory and different things like that. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was the oil derricks and the oil mm. yards and maybe the drums thrown around with this or that, you know. Um, or, you know, or maybe it's the, ca- the cars. I, I don't know. Uh, so uh, this was uh, another deep hole I fell into. There is this great article on this website. And you're going to love the website's name. It's called I am not a stalker.com, <laughs> yeah. which is all like this pe- people tracking down filming locations and uh, finding out, you know, where things were. And I guess it was a, was a huge mystery on where Miyagi's house was located back then. Um, so uh, according to, I just want to mention this is th- that website. I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of cribbing from their investigation uh, for, for this uh, this research. So, uh, go, go check. I am not a stalker.com out because Holy cow, the article that they have that gets right in the nitty gritty about, um, where it is. So let me try to crib a little bit from it. Uh, uh, location manager, Richard Davis, Jr. Uh, the location manager for crowd kids said, uh, Miyagi's house was an absolute gem to find. And in the karate kid press kit talking about, um, the location, it said, this location was a rundown shack in a weedy yard until the construction crew descended upon it. When they were finished, the interior became a modest and beautiful austere Japanese dwelling with mats, screens, and other authentic oriental accoutrement. The yard itself was landscaped with miniature mountains, lanterns, decking, upon complete, complete with expensive koi, and in parentheses, Japanese fish, <laughs> and hundred year old bonsai. So that was from their, their press kit. Um, so like I mentioned, uh, last minute, this, this house is in Canoga park and, or was, and the official address was, uh, two Oh nine, two, four Galt street, which of course I plugged in. It's a Google maps to find out. It is a 15 minute bike ride from the South seas. <laughs> So Daniel could get right over there easy. <laughs> uh, this location's then used again in Karate Kid 2. But part, for part three, they had to rebuild it on the Warner Brothers backlot because the original house was torn down and no. replaced with a duplex. Uh, like, uh. they just demolished. There's nothing left of it. <laughs> it is an absolute shame. Hmm. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, um, you said they like refurbished the house, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So why'd they have to demolish it if it was all fixed up? I don't know. Maybe it didn't fit in with the neighborhood zoning or aesthetic. I have I have no idea because, I mean, you look at the the street now on Google Maps and it looks like just like a nice suburb. It doesn't you don't see any of these dirt yards anywhere, mm. anything like that. Um. The house itself is on Galt Street, but where Daniel and Miyagi enter from is actually a street called Bowes Street. That's because the back of the house is being used right here as the front of the house. (laughs) And we see trees behind the house, but really those trees are hiding the fact that there's a street there. And if you look closely in that like overhead shot, you can see uh, a neighbor's house through the trees on the right and that's a that's the that's the across the street neighbor from from the house, 
So they, I guess they uh, wanted to have this nice open yard for Miyagi and his cars and things. And, um, and then, of course, later on in the movie, when we go in the quote-unquote backyard of this house, which is actually the front yard to do some sand the floor, that's actually, yeah, the house's front yard. <laughs> they built all that stuff in the front yard. Oh. <laughs> yeah, crazy, huh? Interesting. So, um, but yeah, all of it gone. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. But they did a great job recreating it on Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'd love to know, you know, from their, oh, then again, yeah. I was just thinking maybe they're using the same set they had in Karate Kid 3, but that's many years apart and Cobra Kai films in Atlanta. So <laughs> probably yeah. not. But yeah, great re- re- recreation. Um, but again, yeah, check out the article. I'll, I'll try to remember to post it uh, on Twitter and on the on the Facebook when this minute comes out. I am not a stalker.com. They really they find like maps from the old days and how it looked and and drill it down to yeah where 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 it is and really like they show a picture of where it where it is now, or where it was. It, what it looks like now. And it's just basically like a dry, somebody's driveway and there's a garage there and there's another house. It, it, you can't make sense of it, you know, geographically just looking at that picture. Hmm. So anyway, uh, so Daniel says, what are we going to do going? What are we going to do here? And Miyagi says, start training, much work be done tournament here before you know it. And Daniel says, that's what I'm afraid of. And so, yeah, Daniel's concerned about the pounding he's going to get just in time for Christmas. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's like Daniel's kind of like, what's going on? I have no idea. But, you know, I, I hope somehow this is going to save me. So I'm just going to go along with this. And and it's funny. This is like the beginning of Daniel just kind of just. All right. Just trust me. I go along with whatever is going on with this guy. He's going to train me. And 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 that's the only way I'm going to I'm going to beat the, the tournament. So. Um, so yeah, Daniel Miyagi, get out of the truck, walk toward the house and yeah, you see a reverse shot here where we see an old garage and some box cars stacked, um, which is all just built. (laughs) That's all built stuff. Um, Daniel says that teacher was really wacko. (laughs) It's like, I agree. That's a good, that's a good word for crease. (laughs) I like that. Very, kind tame, of any... very tame word, I think. For yeah. yeah, I was going to say it's kinder than he needed to be. <laughs> well, also, did I in the earlier scene when he when Daniel first uh, when he goes to the dojo and and like Johnny looks at him and smirks and you know Daniel can't believe it. Crease I, I, is in that scene, correct? Yeah. And so, I mean, I know obviously Daniel didn't interact with him, but he saw him, I guess, in action. So he sort of had to already know going in this second time that crease was not entirely stable. Right. <laughs> right. Which I think is the main reason why he's so hesitant on going back alone yeah. to, to tell him he's being a bad teacher. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Maggie says it doesn't matter. Wacko teacher attitude, rest in fist, stupid, but fact of life. And I just thought this was an interesting line because, yeah, Kreese just, I mean, he literally screams it out in his dojo. What do we teach here? The way of the fist. Um, and that's what he's going to be concentrating in his training of Johnny. But, you know, so I, I, what do you guys make of the line, stupid, but fact of life? 
Wacko teacher attitude rest in fist. Stupid, but fact of life. I had trouble following that line. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <I> was... <laughs> so the attitude is is stupid, but it's a fact of life. I, I don't quite get how it's a fact of life. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess that you know, um, in society today, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times you're going to have to do your talking with your fists, and I don't like that, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid, but. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> but Miyagi says, win, lose, no matter. You make good fight, earn respect, then nobody bother. So I was just yeah. thinking, <laughs> what, are you, what are you going to say? Well, I mean, it's a very interesting point he's making here. He's saying, like, you know, if you lose, even if you lose a tournament, just the fact you're willing to do it, they'll back off because you'll earn their respect. Yeah. And sure, that is definitely something that can happen. That is not happening with this group of people. <laughs> no way, no how. I I just felt like is is earn respect and the bully stops bothering you like kind of like an old school kind of philosophy like yeah heard it many times yeah I, like, yeah exactly this is is this something that kind of gets perpetuated in the movies like if if a person is a real wacko (laughs) if you beat him he's going to keep coming at you until i don't know until he gives up i don't know yeah and i just again it's like i feel like why why is it important to earn the bully's respect like he's the one that you know like i hate to say he started it but like daniel could just be living his life as if it wasn't for johnny constantly beating him down um like why why is that important to earn his respect? Like why, why, sh- why should that be re- important to somebody who, you know, doesn't deserve this harassment? Like what, where, where's the part where the bully has to start respecting you? I just mm-hmm. feel like got a little bit too real trying to think about it. <laughs> but, but I, um, another thing I have, I was just thinking about is like many people kind of see karate kid through Cobra Kai tinted glasses, like seeing things from Johnny's point of view, you see that redemptive arc where crease gets dirty in the tournament at the end. And Johnny like snaps out of the spell that has been cast over him. And that's why Johnny gives Daniel the trophy and says, you're all right, LaRusso. But then I was like, was this, you know, was this um, Robert Mark Hammond or John Abelson? Were they trying to pay this line off? Like, hey, Daniel makes a good fight. Nobody's gonna he, he's gonna earn their respect, and nobody's gonna bother him. So, it, it, it it's kind of funny that it's almost like both both ways. Like, it, he earned Johnny's respect, but also like Johnny's faith in his teacher was broken. Yeah, I never liked the "you're all right, Larusa" thing. Like, <laughs> it, does, it was so fast, and it doesn't seem to fit yeah. his character. Where's that come from? <laughs> Yeah. Kick him in the face and he's going to turn around and do that. <laughs> like, oh, it looked like it really hurt. <laughs> yeah. He had like a concussion. He wasn't thinking straight. <laughs> Maybe. You're all right, Dutch. Uh, wait, who are you? LaRusso? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Daniel, uh, after um, Miyagi says, nobody bother. Daniel says, yeah, they'll bury me where I fall. <laughs> and I thought, wouldn't that be a funny way to end this movie? <laughs> Right, like Johnny beats Daniel, and everybody gets out shovels. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is weird. Uh, also, I noticed 
as watching as I'm watching this minute that Ralph got a little itch on his chest there, <laughs> just scratching away. I don't know if that's you know itch. actor business, like like I got to do something with my hands or mm-hmm. yeah, maybe an acting choice could be a real itch. Yeah. yeah, we will never know unless we ask him. Let's yeah. ask him that very specific question. <laughs> yeah. Ralph, we have you here for one question and one question only. <laughs> get a little itchy <laughs> like, yeah it was really dry that day all right thank you <laughs> good talking to you problem solved <laughs> goodbye wait wait are you the antagonist <sighs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, YouTube, youtube just put out a video with the two of them yeah discussing that but they they came to no conclusions <laughs> <laughs> yeah i felt like uh Ralph was like trying to stand up for Daniel and then Johnny or sorry, Billy <laughs> kind of gives it back to him. And, and, you know, as a big, and Ralph just kind of backs down. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know? Yeah. He's <laughs> kind of a jerk at that point, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, Miyagi then says either way, problem solved, <laughs> which again, <laughs> that, that, that attitude, he has a pragmatic, but was that the word we were looking for? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Not very encouraging, though. <laughs> but um, I do like that Miyagi gives him a nice pat on the back. Um, as like, you know, maybe maybe just to show him that, you know, give, give him a reassuring pat, you know. Yeah. No pun intended. Um, but uh, Miyagi then walks inside as Daniel is left standing in front of the yellow convertible and Daniel turns to the car and starts examining it and taking a moment to... Um, remember that he's carrying Miyagi's bandana in his back pocket. And again, I just love the continuity. It was, he, he had it there at the dojo and now it's, it's still there. <laughs> um, paying that off. Yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of Daniel's pocket, I would like to talk about his attire here. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, it's very interesting how they costumed him in this. He's got the button-down checkered shirt with -hmm. several buttons undone over some ugly yellow t-shirt with some kind of logo on it which you know what it says no i can't tell it says no more mr nice guy ah (laughs) yeah that okay yeah which he wore specifically for that day yeah (laughs) oh not a good choice going into that dojo with that shirt on and then attitude right there tucked in with no belt into those horrible brown pants (laughs) nothing he's wearing matches at all it's just it's it's a very just very geeky (laughs) outfit he's wearing (laughs) yeah it's definitely not as bad as the camo pants but those pants (laughs) right up they come right up it's really funny Uh, so yeah, I like this little moment where Miyagi comes out of his house. He's got the bucket in the rag. We know where it's going. We'll get into that next week, but, uh, he stops for a moment and just kind of like, I don't know, takes a deep breath and smiles, you know? Well, he notices Daniel noticing that car. Mm. Yeah. He's like, I already got his plan in mind. (laughs) Do you think so? Do you think he's like, if he does good, I'm going to give him that car. Yeah. I think that's probably where he hatched that plan. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you guys. Did, does, is he deciding that? In, is that what that shot is of that smile? Is he's deciding right then and there? Oh, he likes that car. Yeah, I think I'll give it to him. Yeah, I think so. It seems a little rushed to me. <laughs> oh, remember this crunch timeline? They've been friends for weeks and weeks. Oh yeah, that's true. It's been like six weeks. Yeah. Mm. 
And uh, and he knows, you know, two months from now, they'll presumably be even closer. He's probably like, he's probably not determined to give him the car. He's like, it'd be a good idea or it'd be a good gift for him. And maybe I will if, you know, if things work out. Now, if he, if I give him this old car and now who knows the condition of the engine at this point, um, maybe he'll then have no use for the bike and then I'll just sell it out from under him (laughs) since it's pretty much a brand new bike at this point. (laughs) It was all a ploy to get that bike. Yes. And that money will go towards a pool repair, man. And then he won't have to do the work. Credits. (laughs) 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 That is a, uh, that is a drop the coffee cup moment. All the all the pieces fall into place. Uh, all right, so Daniel turns around, remembering you know what he needed to do. He's like, "Oh, Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night," and that's where the minute ends. So, I don't know if you guys got anything more for this minute. No, I've but... pretty much talked myself hoarse. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I had zero notes for this minute. <laughs> <laughs> I had only a few. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I appreciate you guys joining me as usual. Uh, Eric, uh, we have one more question for you, our Friday question, which is pretty much kind of a free form question and, you know, anything you wanted to talk about further into the movie before in the movie, you know, we kind of limit our guests to the minutes that they have, but I always like to kind of open the floor to anything you might want to talk about this movie or the sequels or remakes, anything, any opinions, whatever. Um, I, uh, I guess the thing that I would talk about is I found it interesting that when, when thinking about Karate Kid 2, how it, the, the start is, picks up exactly where this movie ends. And obviously that's not something that happens too often with sequels. I was trying to think of other sequels where that happens. And I thought of, <laughs> um, Last Jedi is probably the most recent famous movie that that happens in. Yes. Uh, but it also happens in Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, it happens in Fast and Furious 5, and it also happens in Muppets Most Wanted. So it does <laughs> sometimes happen. Um, it's interesting, though, that what they do at the start of 2, because it essentially blows this whole movie off. It's a little bit jarring. Like, you know, Allie breaks up with him off camera, we find out after a minute. <laughs> yeah. Crease is just completely shut down in that mm. scene. And so it's just, it's you know, if you were to ever, I guess, watch this movie and then immediately put in Karate Kid 2 as a movie marathon and have this happen right after that, it would be a bit jarring, you know? I mean, as, as a whole, I like Karate Kid 2, but just that transition of having that scene happen right after there with what they do with it is, it's interesting the way that they went. Yeah. I mean, that was originally supposed to be the end of the, the Karate Kid, the, the parking lot scene. And then the actual oh, okay. opening for Karate Kid Part 2. I mean, they they do kind of say, I don't know, it's like weeks later or something. Or was it Daniel? Does Daniel go, go away for the summer or something? something come back? Like yeah. And then Allie falls in love with somebody going to college or something. Um, Is that what happened? I was like, what, what caused them to break up? Because she's like totally on team Daniel here at the end. Yeah. Of the movie, yeah. So. That's why it's so jarring. And, and it's, it's just so done like with this throwaway line, you know, it's off camera. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, and gosh, I, I probably love the romance with, uh, Kumiko as much as I do with the one with, the uh, Ali. I probably even more so. Yeah. Um, but still, I, 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 I just assume that it's the producers like, no, 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 we got to have the kid fall in love again. This is, uh, this, yeah. It worked for the first one. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and we have to we have to work towards a big fight at the end. We have to repeat the formula. <laughs> we'll be getting to all those different topics in Karate Kid Part Two, which which I love. I can't wait to talk about. So cool. Well, um, hopefully we uh, made good podcast earned respect uh, for everybody. Uh, <laughs> And thank you so much for joining us, Eric. Oh, I had lots of fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, you want to give out your plugs uh, for for the uh, for the record? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm the co-host of both Flash Gordon Minute and Escape from New York Minute. They are both already completed. Uh, our website is growlermedia.com, or they're both on all of your favorite podcatchers. And they both have Twitter feeds. They both have fa- Facebook fan groups. So if you do listen and you like us, uh, join our fan groups, uh, follow our Twitter feeds. And uh, we we love the Movies by Minute format. I love the Movies by Minute format. That's why I hosted the shows. And that's why I'm here. And why I listen to lots of the shows. That's cool. You wrapped up Escape from New York recently, right? Or... Um, As we record this, actually, we finished it. We're closing in on a year ago already. A year ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, oh man, is that still going on? And uh, I also noticed that you had some, at least one person from the movie come on. Uh, maybe maybe it's been a couple. I just. Uh, yeah, uh, on, on both shows, actually. For Escape oh, cool. from New York Minute, um, we actually, the guy who was the voice of Squidward, for anyone out there whose kids watch SpongeBob, <laughs> um, he is one of the people in that Broadway show scene with the guys dressed in drag dancing on the stage. <laughs> uh, and so we actually got him to come on and talk about that scene and of course talk about spongebob also cool um we had the uh cinematographer dean cundy who's a, who's a very famous cinematographer he's won an oscar he did jurassic park roger rabbit uh he worked with john carpenter a lot so we had him on and then for flesh gordon minute we had um let's see we had the uh, uh howard blake who did all of the music in flesh gordon that was not done by queen Nice. Uh, we okay. had um, and we had on John Morton, an actor in Flash Gordon. He's one of the two pilots in the opening scene of the plane that that uh, crashes. But what people would know him better as is Dak from The Empire Strikes Back. Oh wow, cool! That's awesome. Hey, what, so, do you have any plans for another is Escape from you, uh, from LA Minute coming soon? <laughs> we are definitely not doing Escape from LA Minute, uh, and we uh, we never miss the chance to rip on that movie either we both mike <laughs> molly my co-host and i as much as we love escape from new york we really do not like escape from la so uh we are definitely we're one and done for that one <laughs> does, does anyone like escape from LA? uh you know it's funny you say that because i'm in a couple of john carpenter fan groups on facebook and it has a lot of people that defend it and I, hmm. I don't get I don't get involved then because I, I I appear to be the, in the minority in those groups, so I just I don't comment on those threads. But I've never it, heard of it, anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't like that movie. <laughs> the only good thing about it is Bruce Campbell's cameo. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. You don't like Peter Fonda surfing. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, make sure to check out those podcasts. And it sounds like I really need to. Uh, so thank you so much, Eric, again for uh, coming on. Um, so everybody tune in next week when the training begins. And until next time. You're the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep you down. <laughs>